Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today we're finishing up the questions that we received from 2021 from our anonymous have a question page. There are quite a few and our family has been sick and I was having some audio troubles the first time I recorded this. So it's taken me a little bit to get through them all, uh, but I finally did and we're all on the mend. Um, I've also been kicking off the first cohort of the year for our Becoming More Sexually Engaged course. And there's still time to join if you're interested. We got like 18 or 19 wives going through. And it's cool to see the improvements that some of them are getting in their marriages already, even though they just started. Uh, But I'm going to be closing it down soon uh, until the next cohort shortly. So if you want to jump in, uh, you can still do so, but not for long. So with that out of the way, let's get to the questions. Question number one is about wet dreams. They write, I struggle with wet dreams. My wife and I have sexual activity once a week, either sex or a handjob. If we're planning to have sex, sometimes that can slip to a few days longer than a week if we're busy or tired. When that happens, I'll have a wet dream on day 7 to 10. And then I won't have much as much desire for when we are planning to have sex in the next, in the next day or so. Is there something I can wear at night to stop wet dreams? We, we tried doing a handjob once. It's been a week, so I don't get a wet dream. But then if she wants to have sex the day or two after, I have less desire. A few times she's been irked with me, so she's purposefully not finished a handjob, letting it go right before I finish, which is frustrating because semen comes out, but it doesn't feel great like an orgasm. The time she did that, I deserved it, and it was kinder than giving me nothing since I don't masturbate. Since an unfinished handjob leaves me full of desire but still drains the pipes, could that be affixed to the wet dreams or wearing something at night to prevent an erection? All right, so I think there's three things here to address. Uh, Let's talk about the wet dreams first. Wet dreams are normal. Many men experience them when they're younger, and I'm not aware of any way to stop them other than having sex more often. And trying to stop an erection is generally not a good idea as far as I know. Now, the second issue is that you lose your desire for sex after a wet dream, and that is a bit unusual and may be indicative of low testosterone. If you're young enough to be having wet dreams, I find it a bit odd that you'd lose your desire for sex for days after having one. So that may be something to look into because if it is something like low testosterone, that can have an impact on your life in a lot of ways, and it would be better to know earlier on. Um, lastly, the power dynamic here feels a little odd. It feels like your wife sometimes offers a handjob just so that she can punish you with it. And that's just cruel. Uh, On top of that, it sounds a little bit like she's manipulating you and making you feel like you deserved her cruelty. And that's starting to sound a bit like abuse. And I'm hoping I'm merely misunderstanding, but if I'm not, then I suggest seeking out a qualified therapist. Honestly, the easiest solution to this problem seems to be have sex more often. I mean, sex once a week or less is relatively low for most content couples. Uh, the, the average that I see from couples who are happy is usually in the two time, two to three times a week, uh, which I think would probably solve at least a couple of these issues. All right, question two is, why is it that when you have money, your wife will keep to your instructions, and when you don't, she'll not mind you? When you want to have intercourse, she will lie down flat telling you that she's tired. And when you are having intercourse, she won't move her body. Why is this happening? Uh, The short answer is it's probably not about the money. Other than that, I don't have much to go on. Uh, So I'd suggest you book a free discovery session with me and we can try to figure out what's going on because there isn't enough here. 
but I'm willing to bet it's not about the money. All right, question three. This one's a bit longer. Uh, this wife writes, I read your post on using condoms for hand jobs. That was uh, episode 82, question number three, for those who are interested. Uh, bodily fluids really put me off. So right after getting married, my amazing husband of three plus years agreed to wear a condom for hand jobs. He told me it's like half as an enjoyable with a condom on, but this convinced him. If he wears one, he gets a hand job every week, plus our usual amount of sex. But unlike the other wives in your post, I will never give him a hand job without a condom. I tried in the past, but it's too icky for me. Sometimes he asked me to rub him over his underwear instead. He wears boxers, but it works best over his tidy whities because the fabric is thin and soft. His erection doesn't pop out above the high waistband, and they can be bleached in the wash after, and there's a bit see-through, which is erotic. Even over fabric, I get him to finish within a few minutes because he doesn't masturbate. I don't mind doing it this way because my hands stay clean. It feels a little juvenile, and that makes me feel guilty, like it's ba- like it's that bad with a condom on that he wants to be rubbed over his briefs instead. But he enjoys it both ways. I confided all this to a close, close friend who made me feel really bad, saying, Oh, your poor husband, and how much better her husband has it. How she gives him weekly blowjobs, sex twice a week, never a condom for handjobs. Sorry, but that's just not me. My husband is always grateful for his weekly handjob. He tells me how he looks forward to it all week, and he thanks me afterwards. I give him an extra handjob a few times a year, like on his birthday, and if he gets a promotion at work, or completes a major DIY project, or does something special for me. And I make him skip a week a few times a year if he does something to deserve that. If his handjobs were more frequently, more frequent, this motivation and his passion for sex would drop. And we both really enjoy sex two to three times a month. I know I'm more squeamish than most, and probably our frequency is below average, so I'm not. Fu- so am I not fulfilling my sexual duties as a wife by only doing handjobs this way, or only handjobs and sex as often? Since it seems to work for our marriage, should I rid myself of this guilt and these comparisons to other married couples? Um, all right, so... Honestly, if you're concerned about fulfilling your duties, then I'd be more focused on how you're using sex as a manipulation tactic than about the materials involved or the frequency. You know, you say that you both enjoy sex two to three times a month, but like I said before, the average for happy couples is two to three times per week. So that's a quarter of what most men would be content with. Um, Then you say a couple of times a year, you might give him an extra hand job if he's a good boy. Uh, That's how it reads anyways. It feels a bit like you're doling out treats to a dog or to a child for good behavior. And then to go further, you say that you use sex to punish him if he's been bad. Um, So I'd say, you know, forget the duty and uh, focus more on the love. And none of this feels loving. It feels very manipulative and coercive. And if you want to focus on something to improve your sex life, I'd start there. Question number four. Uh, this widow writes, my husband passed on three years ago and I kept my promise to him, which was that I wouldn't break our wedding vows and I haven't, but he was cremated. And I'm wondering if he is with me all the time, touching me where he used to before he passed on. All right. I have a couple thoughts here that I'm sure are going to upset some people. Uh, and frankly, I don't know how to say them without upsetting people. So I'm just going to, uh, the first is that your wedding vows typically include a clause, you know, until death, we do part, which means after a spouse dies, 
the vow is now ended. Uh, if you desire to find another spouse, you're free to do so. Uh, he won't mind. I know that because the Bible tells us that the dead know nothing. That's in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5. Uh, and when he does become conscious again, when Jesus returns, he'll either repent of his selfishness and demanding that you remain alone, or he's going to be preoccupied with something else. Uh, as for whether or not he's with you, no. I would say the Bible is very clear that the dead are dead. Uh, they sleep. They're not with us. They're not in heaven. They're not with Jesus. They're just dead. And now that's going to offend some people's beliefs. And if that's you, please check out the post, What Happens When You Die? Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. Because uh, in that post, I go through uh, the Bible and show you all the verses that spell this out. And you may also want to read the comments as they go into even more detail in cases where there are some confusing verses, because I know a lot of Christianity does not teach this properly. Uh, and I'm more than willing to hash out any arguments, questions, discussion, disagreements, etc. that you might have. All right, question number five. <sighs> This wife writes, Hi, I'm newly married, and my husband and I are still learning to communicate sexually. We both struggle with initiation, my husband more so than myself. Occasionally, I have sexual dreams. They are not always coherent enough for me to know if it's my husband or not that is my partner in the dreams. Sometimes it is clear that it is. Sometimes I'm not sure. Sometimes it's clear that it's not. Given that it's my subconscious, with dreams in general, I often dream about people when I'm processing. Not all of it makes sense, and I'm not sure how much control I have over my dreams. I don't want to abnegate responsibility either. I grew up a conservative Christian and waited for sex until marriage, but I did have sexual dreams before marriage. What I'm struggling with is twofold. First are my dreams, where it is not my husband indicative of a sexual sin in my heart, and this one may answer itself, but assuming it's not sinful, is using the sexual arousal when I feel when I wake up to initiate sex with my husband sinful? All right. Are your dreams indicative of sexual sin in your heart? I don't believe so. Uh, while I don't have a specific verse to point to, there's a basic principle woven throughout the Bible that we are responsible for our choices. A dream is not a choice. It may be a temptation, but temptations are not sin. Temptations are things to be fought against so that we may not sin. Even Jesus was tempted. As for initiating sex with your husband when you feel aroused, I think that's the proper action. Refocus arousal and sexuality towards him. Now, some will t twist this and say, well, then it's okay that I go out and watch things that get me aroused so long as I only have sex with my spouse. But that's not the same thing at all. In that sort of scenario, there are now choices. The person chooses to be aroused by someone else. And I argue that's a form of infidelity, to actively seek out to be aroused by someone other than your spouse. But in your case, questioner, no, I don't think this is sinful at all. The reason that we say it's unconscious or subconscious is that we have no choice in those states. It's what you do when you do have choices that matters. All right, moving on to question six. Uh, this person writes, I've been married for 16 years and we have had a troubled sex life the whole time. We have sex on average once every two weeks. She gets annoyed that I asked for it and respond responds with anger and frustration. I'm angry and hurt at the constant rejection. It has been a cycle of hurt for nearly all of our 16 years. As you put it in a previous episode, she has veto power. She also applies strict limits when we do make love. No intercourse due to untreated vaginismus, which is fair enough, but also no oral, no touching me without a condom, 
And that said, what we do is fun, and I think I'd be happy with those narrow limits if it were frequent. My question is, how do I take control of my situation? If, as I think you would teach, divorce, sex outside of marriage, and solo activity are all wrong, what choice or agency do I have left? Do I have to stoically push on and suppress my desire for sexualizing intimacy? I can't see any other alternative other than the options that are considered wrong. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that's a difficult situation. And the unsatisfactory answer is that you can't take control of the situation exactly because the situation involves two people and you can't control other people. I mean, you can coerce them and manipulate them and make them fearful and force them, all of which are bad, but you can't really control them. What you can control are your own actions. Uh, You can continue to do the right things even when it's hard. So yes, you push on, but you don't suppress your desire. You express it, but you work on not feeling hurt when she doesn't meet your desires. Now that said, there are things that you can do to move towards resolving this. I think the first would be to start working on communication. Uh, If you can't talk about it, then you can't solve it. So I'd put the sex issue aside for now and ask her if she'd be willing to work on improving communication. Alongside that, I would work on trying to understand your wife better, work harder to see her perspective, to understand her side of the situation. And most of the time, conflicts occur because we can't see what the other person sees or feel what they feel. A lot of the time I spend in coaching is trying to explain one side to the other and vice versa. So, I'd say work on attitudes and communication first. And once you can have a conversation without fighting, then I'd say maybe tackle the sexual problems. And even then, I'd still tackle them with the idea of trying to understand your spouse more. Uh, You know, maybe ask a question like, is this what you envisioned our sex life being when we got married? Then let her answer to that inform what your next step would be. All right, question seven. For 16 years, my wife and I have sex once a year. She has problems with depression, but once a year to someone who would want sex multiple times per week is mental abuse. It's better for a man to marry than to burn, but if he is married, then what? Sex withholding is sexual immorality, but she is also my best friend and we have two kids. I'm 50 and this hell is not going away. What do I do? The first question I have is, why aren't you having sex more often? Uh, you've implied that it's just that she doesn't want to, but why not? Is it because it hurts? Does she be, feel ashamed of sex? Does she believe that she should only have sex when she's in the mood? Does she believe sex is sinful unless you're procreating? I mean, there are a lot of potential reasons. And it's pretty rare to find a spouse who is intentionally depriving their husband or wife out of malicious intent. And you may feel that it's abusive, but she likely isn't intending to be. So, Find out why, because it matters. Uh, Understanding the why is the first part of figuring out how to fix it, as I said in the previous answer. Now, after 16 years, it's going to be difficult to change the status quo. So to those listening out there, if you're starting to see a pattern like this, don't wait. Um, But still, this is not impossible. You know, I've seen worse. So I'd start there, you know, ask her questions, try to understand what the reason is. Then send me an email when you have that answer. All right, question eight. She writes, I'm a widow of three and a half years. I miss my husband so much. I still have the desires of a younger woman. I'm 68 years old. Is something wrong with me? I feel guilty when this happens, masturbating, but I'm so lonely. Please help. Yeah, I I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, I don't think I would do very well as a single person. I'm afraid the only counsel I can give is to echo Paul's words. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 7 verses 8 to 9, he says, 
Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So how you go about finding another spouse, I'm afraid I'm not an expert at that. I would hope that by 68, I will have lost some of my reservations to time and simply put it out there that I'm looking for a spouse. Uh, I would imagine that there must be many men in a similar situation, some of which already had uh, experience in good, healthy marriages who missed sharing their life with someone and who also feel lonely and still have those desires. All right. Question nine. Uh, wife and I have been married five years and I'm so unsatisfied sexually. We do have sex once a week and it's really only to have orgasms. There's no intimacy at all. Also, it's the same every time. I would like for her to do oral and swallow. She won't. I'd like for her to touch me on my body. She won't. I'd like for her to kiss me all over. She won't. We've had conversations about this, but she resists me and my desires. I just feel like I'm a penis for her to get a weekly orgasm. Is there something that I can do? I have started to just want to daydream of fantasies with women who want me like I want to be wanted. No women in particular, just beautiful women. I hate this and it goes against my morals, but I just don't feel sexually wanted. I'm 47 and she is 39. I used to do oral for her several times a week to completion and she loved it as did I. I don't do it anymore because I don't get it in return. To be transparent, she will suck on me for about 15 seconds before we have sex. This is mainly to get everything lubed up, not for my satisfaction. I used to kiss her all over and touch her all over, but I won't anymore because she has never done that for me. Basically, I got tired of putting out when she never would. I don't know anymore, and I've started to think of divorce, which I don't want. But I need at least some satisfaction with sex. Please help. As usual, the first question is... Have you talked to her about this? Uh, all in all, there's no expression here of her perspective, her thoughts, her views, really anything about her at all, except that she won't do what you want. Uh, the second is that you want her to be more giving in the bedroom, and so you're withholding things that you know that she likes. And I mean, I get that you're hurt, but all you've done is speed up the rate at which your sex life is going to decay. And the good news is you're only five years in, so... As with many of the other questions, start talking and understanding her perspective. Ask questions to understand, not to coerce. Then you work together to find a path forward that is mutually enjoyable. However, reading all this, I have a feeling there's something else going on in the marriage. I don't think sex is probably the focal point of this. I have a feeling it's something else in the marriage that's bleeding over into this. Um, so I think you probably have to figure out what that is and work on that. And I don't have enough information to know what that is, but uh, I think that's probably a likely cause. So if you like, uh, check out our coaching page. You can book a free discovery session with me and we can try to kind of dig through your marriage and try to figure out what that is, if you like. And then maybe we can find a path forward. All right, question 10. My wife recently, out of nowhere, changed the way she gives me oral sex. It made me wonder how the switch came about. She didn't practice that on me prior, so how was she so good at the way she was doing it the way she was? According to her, I'm the first to ever get a start to finish from her. She also claims not to care for it too much, but is extremely talented in that department. All right, so um, congratulations, I guess. Um, if you're worried about where she learned it from... Who knows? I mean, with the proliferation of explicit sexual information these days, it 
could have been on a billboard for all we know. Uh, unless you have some other reason to suspect infidelity, I wouldn't automatically jump to that conclusion. Um, why not ask her where she learned it? It's also quite possible that she just decided to try something new to see if it would work. I, I do that a lot. Often, I've what I've come up with is a terrible idea, and my wife says, don't, don't do that. That doesn't feel good. Uh, but some ideas really work. Um, so it could just be that she tried something and it worked. All right. Question 11. Hi, Jay. You provide such a great forum for asking questions and getting helpful, thoughtful, and faith-based answers. Thank you so much. My question isn't a very deep one. When making love for the first time after the marriage, if one or both partners are virgins, should they start in the mission missionary position? If so, when do you suggest introducing new positions? Is this something which is sensible to talk about beforehand? Thanks again. Um, you're welcome. Honestly, I'd probably suggest a woman on top position for the first time. Uh, and I, and I put a stick figure image from Christian friendly sex positions.com, uh, on the blog. So there's a link to that in the show notes, um, where you can see it if you don't know what woman on top is. Uh, but it's basically you're on top of him rather than him on top of you. Uh, so this position is good because for your first time having sex, uh, the woman is more likely to experience pain or discomfort uh, for your first time. And this will let her control the depth and speed and everything better. Plus, it's easier for her to grind her clitoris against his pelvis, which makes it easier for her to orgasm. And it's still close, so you can still both look at each other's eyes, hold each other, kiss, etc. Um, it does require her to be a little bit more assertive and less shy, which is difficult for some women, but that would be my suggestion for a first position. As for other positions, start anytime. Um, most couples don't stick to one position during sex. Often one spouse orgasms easy, easier in one position and another in another position. So they may start with one position that they both enjoy, then switch to one where she can orgasm, then switch to a third where he can or more. So yeah, don't be afraid of trying new positions. All right. Question number 12 is a short one. Is oral sex a sin if you're married to your wife? I'm assuming that you mean having oral sex with your spouse. And, you know, I don't think anyone's ever actually asked me that question before. You know, we've had a lot of questions about oral sex. Uh, I have a post on, is oral sex sin before marriage? Another on, is oral sex unsanitary? Uh, what can you do if your wife is too ticklish for oral sex? How many husbands actually like giving oral sex? How many wives actually like giving oral sex? Um, can you have oral sex after intercourse? Uh, oral sex and yeast infections? What if I can't make my husband orgasm from oral sex. Uh, we did a survey on orgasming from oral sex, another survey on oral sex in general. Uh, but I don't think I actually have a post on whether or not oral sex is a sin. Uh, we all just more or less asserted that it isn't without any sort of proof or logical reasoning. And I think part of the reason for that is that I don't think I'd have a leg to stand on if I tried to play devil's advocate and say that it is a sin. Um, usually I can make some sort of argument. Uh, I do like to argue after all, but I mean, why would it be? On the other hand, some will argue that oral sex is in Song of Solomon, which I think is plausible and I would lean in that direction, but because it's all metaphors, it's not a concrete argument that you can really use to convince somebody. So I'm going to go with my assumption that it's not unless someone can see a reason why it would be. 
And for those who are listening, if you're interested in any of those other posts, uh, there's links to all of them in the show notes. All right, question 13. Hi, Jay. I've been married to my wonderful husband for almost five years now, although we have been together for almost seven years. Before we married, he did let me know that he had had other physical relationships in the past, including living girlfriends, one-night stands, porn when he was single, etc. All that is in the past. He actually had us marry before I moved in with him because he did not want to make the same mistakes that he did with his previous girlfriends. He is my first and only. In the last several years, we have both been under a lot of stress. We are working to improve our communication and marriage. He has mentioned that some of his previous relationships were more passionate, uh, i.e., I assume in bed, more spontaneous, etc. He had mentioned that his previous girlfriends were not good girls. I'm not completely sure what he meant by that. At the time, I was hurt that he said that he had had more passionate sex, so I did not ask for him to elaborate. I know that he was being honest and not trying to hurt me. We are working in our marriage to be more honest and not hold everything in. I know that I have limited experience and there's a lot of step that I do not know when it comes to sex. I know that we are attracted to each other and he never has any trouble with orgasms. I found your podcast when I was searching for Christian-related resources regarding sex. I was raised without the sex talk, or really any of the talks, although I knew that sex should be with one person, your spouse, and it is a blessing from God. I know that I could be considered prudish sometimes just because I feel embarrassed talking about sex. Do you have any ideas for making sex more spontaneous and passionate? And do you have any advice for him? I think there are some things regarding sex that he is afraid to suggest to me because I feel awkward talking about sex in general. Thank you in advance for your advice. Yeah, that's a struggle when you both come from almost opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of sexual experience. I have a post called uh, Why Marriage Ruins Sex that I highly suggest you check out because I'm not going to repeat everything in there, and I think that will answer some of your questions. Um, However, my advice to him is more or less, um, you screwed up. You weren't supposed to be this far ahead. You were supposed to learn together, to grow together, to explore together. And it's a bit like running a hop ahead on, when you're on a hike. Um, now you get to sit and wait while your spouse catches up. And it's not her fault that she's behind. It's not her fault that she's not experienced. She actually did the right thing. Um, and you're allowed to feel annoyed, upset, frustrated, etc. Just remember that those feelings should be directed at yourself, not at her. And I'm not saying beat yourself up over it. In fact, I think you should forgive yourself. But you also have to then be willing to let her catch up at the pace that she's going to take. Because not only did you run ahead, you've kind of thrown obstacles into her path. So be patient and be kind. And as for you, the reader, I I actually have a course for wives that... uh, want to learn to be more sexually engaged. Uh, we, we have, yeah, 18 or 19 wives going through it now, and they just started in the last week or so, so you can still jump in if you're interested. Um, but a lot of the stuff is going to be, yeah, um, being comfortable being uncomfortable, uh, to not see sex as such an embarrassing thing and to be open and honest and vulnerable and intimate. And that a lot of that just, takes time and takes willingness um, to learn to grow in that direction. So I think you'll probably get there. I mean, you're only five years in. You have lots of time. So be patient with yourself, too. All right, question number 14. What are some movies that my wife and I could watch to get us in the mood for sex? Mostly her. Obviously no porn. Thanks. 
Uh, well, I'd personally stay away from romantic comedies. I read a study a few years ago saying that women who watch romantic comedies tend to see their own relationships in a less positive light. And that is a pattern that I've seen over and over again. Uh, yeah, romantic comedies have a tendency to make people compare fantasy to reality and reality doesn't win. Um, Honestly, I, I think watching movies to get in the mood is generally a bad idea because then you're using a movie to get aroused. And whether or not it's porn, you're kind of using it as porn. Um, for us, we just watch TV. It doesn't matter what it is. Star Wars or YouTube video of wood turning or the Grand Tour. You know, it's not the show that matters. It's the shared experience of watching it together, of enjoying it and sharing life. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be TV either. Like we read books together because it's the same thing. We play board games together because it's that shared experience. That's, that's what makes us feel close. Uh, plus often we add in some massaging, especially if we're watching TV. And by the time the show is done, then we're generally pretty warmed up. So there are some ideas for us. It's not what we're watching. It's that we're watching it together. All right. Question 15. My wife and I may be interested in trying anal sex for the first time. However, we are concerned about how much fecal matter is involved during the act. Is there any way to safely clean her out her rectum besides having a bowel movement prior to engaging in anal sex? I'm curious as to what you and other things, or do most people just go with it and deal with the cleanup afterwards? Um, we've never had much problem with that. Uh, other people say fecal matter happens. You know, because some people get really upset if I say shit on a Christian podcast or blog. Uh, others use enemas to ensure that there are no surprises. And as a general rule, typically there isn't much fecal matter in the rectum unless your body is preparing to defecate. So unless you sort of have to go or just recently went, there's typically not much to worry about. I'd say make sure that she has a good bowel movement, takes a shower, and then go slowly. Use lots of lube, stop it, stop if it hurts, uh, make sure she's very aroused. If it hurts, you're doing something wrong. Oh, and don't try to just jump into anal sex straight away. Start with fingers. They're smaller. All right, question 16. I had informed my wife that it is important to me that she shows me that she desires me as well, in that sometimes she can initiate sex and that when we're having sex, do more to just be there and I be the one making it happen. How can I get her to show some more passion? My lo wife loves me to perform oral sex on her, as a matter of fact, since she read it in a book. She believes it is the only way that she can have an orgasm is through oral sex. What can I do to convince her that's not true? All right. How can you get her to show some more passion? I'd say get her more aroused. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, as for the oral sex issue, I actually did a small survey on wives' orgasm experiences, which I'll link to, uh, quite a while ago. And I had, uh, it was a long time ago. It was, a I had a much smaller audience then, so we only had 111 wives answer. Uh, now they listed vaginal sex as the easiest way to orgasm and then manual stimulation followed by oral sex. So for these 111 wives, on average, they placed oral sex as the third. Uh, however, it is true that many women list oral sex much higher on that list. But the industry standard is that only about 30% of wives can orgasm from vaginal sex. And it seems to be a little bit higher in our uncovering intimacy community. 
but that's that's kind of the standard number. Also, there are studies that say that the more you learn about biology and as you get more experienced, your ability to orgasm in general and in a variety of ways increases. Um, so there's a whole bunch of information, but yeah, uh, women can definitely orgasm in other ways than through oral sex. In fact, some women can't orgasm through oral sex. Um, but I'd show her that survey because it will at least break the idea that oral sex isn't the only possible method. Of course, if she's uninterested in trying other methods, then the facts aren't going to help you at all. All right, question 17. My spouse has problems with self-esteem, and I'm not being very successful in my attempts to help with that. She's recently lost weight, and I'm proud of her for it, but always tell her that I would love her at any size. My laid-back comments, you look nice, love that shirt, your hair looks great, are met with eye rolls. My more forward compliments, butt pats, pulling her in for a kiss, and purposely oval ogling are met with frustration that I'm treating her like a piece of meat. Anyways, the poor self-esteem spills over into the bedroom. She does not want to have sex, does not respond to requests for intimacy, does not open herself up for massages as places to start, doesn't want to be touched, and then will go to four to six weeks without sex. I don't know how to approach the situation now as when we last spoke about sex, she stated she was frustrated that I only want to try something new and that I'm adventurous. I told her that it is because I want her to enjoy sex more because she doesn't seem to enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah, that's frustrating, isn't it? I think a lot of guys are in the same position, you know, and there's this awful catch 22 here. You know, she doesn't want to have sex because she's not feeling confident. But if you, you try to compliment her to help her feel more confident, then it's just seen as you trying to get more sex. And if you try to improve sex so that she'll enjoy it more, um, it's seen as, well, you're just trying to get her to enjoy it more so that you'll get more sex and, and around and around it goes. And yeah, it's an awful cycle. And I think there are two ways to deal with this. Uh, the first is to try and find a phrasing that might break through our defenses. Um, my wife suggested focusing on comments that show that you are proud of her commitment to health and how far she's come, you know, things like that. Focus on her as a person rather than uh, her body or what she's wearing, things like that. And I think that's a great idea. Uh, the other way is to agree and escalate, which is how, which is how I kind of deal with that silliness. Uh, if my wife says, you're just saying that to get sex, I'd probably say something like, yeah, absolutely. You look amazing and I want to rip your clothes off right here and show you just how much you turn me on. And I'll likely get an eye roll and a giggle and, or a, there are kids around, but she'd also be smiling. Now, the key is that when she shoots you down after doing that, uh, you have to immediately shrug it off. Because if you get annoyed or upset or show a hint of sadness, then she's going to think that you're just trying to get sex rather than being playful. Um, so that ability to shrug off rejection is important, but it, it's a hard skill to learn, and you're going to miss the first few times at least. Um, now, a mixture of both of these, not at the same time, you know, switch between the two, uh, works pretty well, I think. But yeah, it, it takes some practice. All right, question 18. My wife seems to dry out during penetration. I'll end up with the top of my penis getting raw, and she will complain of a similar feeling. She will be plenty aroused during foreplay, but then when it comes to the main event, is not wet enough. I recommended that we try using lube, but she expressed displeasure at having to stop and apply it before continuing and was worried about it affecting her pH balance. I assured her that they designed lube to be used in a vagina, but she is still critical. Any ideas? 
what's the best lube for PIV sex? Yeah, that's very normal. Uh, I'd say don't stop and apply it, but rather start with lube. That way you don't have to interrupt. Uh, as for the pH, it's true. Some people have issues with some lubricants. As a general rule, stay away from anything that has sugar in it or glucose or anything like that. Um, we tend to use coconut oil a lot, uh, and I know a lot of other people do too. Uh, we like it because it, it's already natural and yeah. We haven't had any issues with that. Uh, we also tend to use uh, sweet almond oil quite a bit because we use it for massages and it doubles pretty well as lubricant. As well, almost every major brand of lubricant has a product that's designed to be more natural. For example, uh, System Joe, I absolutely love their lube. Um, they have a natural love organic lube that I'll link to in the show notes. And it, it's great. Um, you know, it's not quite as slick as some of their like hybrid silicone type ones or the synthetic ones, but it, it is really good. So I'd say try out some, you know, try a bunch of them. If she has a bad reaction to them, knock that one off the list. Don't use that one anymore. Um, there's a good chance that you already have coconut oil already in your pantry. So that's an easy one to start with. You probably don't even have to go out and buy anything. Uh, and if it does bother you or bother her, then try something else. But uh, I think she'll be surprised at how much of a difference lube makes. And question 19, our last one. My wife has agreed to do pegging with me, and she has digitally stimulated me in the past without issue. However, she has a stipulation that the pegging toy cannot look like a penis. She claims that it would be making the toy an idol and would also border on me playing the role of being penetrated by a guy if it looks like a penis. Do you think there is a biblical foundation for this belief? Obviously, if she has an issue with it, I just won't do it. But I find it difficult to find toys that aren't shaped like a penis, especially if you're looking for larger slash longer toys. All right. I think it's perfectly reasonable to not want something that make, would make her feel like this is a replacement for something real. Uh, I don't have a strong biblical foundation for this, but many people have the same rules regarding sex toys in general. Nothing realistic. It just feels innately wrong to a lot of people. And she clearly has a problem with this. So you said if she has an issue with it, you just won't do it. So don't do it. Um, as for finding one that is the size or length that you like that doesn't look realistic, I honestly don't think that you'd have that much trouble. Um, there are a lot of options out there, so I really don't think that that's much of a restriction. And that's it for today. If you disagree with any of my comments or have something that you'd like to add, please click on the link in the show, show notes, go to the blog, write your comment. Uh, I love having more discussions. Uh, even if you disagree with me. I uh, actually really enjoy those because then we get to have a dialogue. Uh, if you're feeling shy and prefer to do it in a more private space, consider joining our supporters group where we have a private forum. All of our supporters get to see all the questions as they come in and discuss them. Uh, we get into some quite lengthy discussions, which are a lot of fun. Uh, they're informative without being erotic, and it's awesome to see such a diverse group uh, being so kind to each other, even when they disagree on fundamental issues. Honestly, it's really amazing. And if you have a question of your own, don't forget you can either email me at j at uncoveringintimacy.com or submit it anonymously on our Have a Question page and I'll answer it in the next roundup. That's it for today. Talk to you next time. <laughs>